just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host, Ian Dawson Mackay. Next Level Guy is a men's interview, interest and improvement website where I interview the greats from all the industries to help others better their lives. Listen to the experts in their respective fields being quizzed and learn something new. Listen, embrace, adapt it, use it and improve. Today's guest is internet superstar, Michael Thor, otherwise known as Silent Mike. He would describe himself as a male internet entertainer, a coach, lifter and content creator. Mike recently left a massive brand and went his own way, forging his own career, building his own businesses and creating the life he wanted to live. I was keen to get Mike onto the podcast as not only was I a massive fan but I also knew he would have some awesome gems on how you can do this too and go for your own dreams. He's gone from strength to strength as he's building up his platform and his message, and I know he's the perfect person to discuss this. In this interview, we discuss taking the first step away, overcoming fear, building your own name up, diversifying to find out what suits you best, and so much more. This is different from most interviews with Mike. We move away from lifting and cover an area that I feel few discuss, and I know it would change so many people's lives, and that is building a life on your own terms. A quick word about affiliates before we get to the interview, though. Um, as you'll know by now, if you're a regular listener, I've built up some great relationships with some awesome companies. This allows me to obtain special discount codes, deals, and listener exclusives. Please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates for further information. You won't be charged any extra, but I will get a small percentage of commission for everything you purchase through my links. All money then put back into helping run and fund this podcast and build it up so we can attract bigger and better guests. If you want to get fit internally and externally, I'd recommend Alpha Brain, and that's a cognitive enhancer from those great guys over at Onnit. They do some amazing fitness equipment, some awesome supplements and apparel and so much more. You really need to check out this stuff. They do kettlebells in the guise of animals and superheroes. And they're also doing a lot of free trials just now of supplements that you should take advantage of. Um, For example, if you go on there, check out things like Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, um, New Mood. Some of those things are amazing. Find out what works for you. And you don't even need to commit to a full bag. You can get the wee free trials and see what you think. If you use Next Level Guy, that's N-E-X-T-L-E-V-E-L-G-U-Y in the discount code section of the checkout, You'll even get 10% off any eligible items in your basket of great supplements and fitness gear. For other affiliates, I'm particularly loving The Natural, which is a pickup video guidance course by RSD Max. His aim of that is to help you become a natural woman. I've been reading Ross Edgley's new book, The World's Fittest Book, and I can't put it down at the moment. I've even got a paperback copy, and I've got a copy of my Kindle. I like it that much. He covers some awesome advice on training, health, nutrition, and how to build a successful life around everything. He looks at philosophy and tactics that he's used to start swimming around the UK without going on dry land once, and he recently finished it. I also like using my Amazon discount code just now to get Christmas presents and bargains. I recently bought a Kindle, which I absolutely love, and I use it for every single day. 
there's so many more other options in there there's something for everybody there's great offers from my protein under armor the protein works bulletproof coffee meandies gainbox dollar shave club and so many more i'm always adding them in there so i'd like you to check out whenever you get a chance anything you do purchase through there you won't be charged extra but the commissions that i get from these companies will be put back into making the site better for all of the free trials and special deals etc please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates now let's get to the interview i hope you had as much fun as listening to this one as i did during the interview enjoy you've gone from somebody that's maybe known for being part of super training to building your own brand to going out there and being you know a successful man in your own terms so can we if we take it right back for those guys who have been living under a rock maybe don't know who you are you know can you just give a quick intro how would you describe yourself if somebody didn't know you yeah uh, my name is mike farr uh the internet knows me as silent mike um I'm a coach, uh, a power lift a little bit. Uh, I guess I'm a content creator, although that term gets thrown around everywhere nowadays. Um, I, I, I like to I like to create content to, to hopefully inform and teach people on the internet and also entertain people on the internet. So uh, I do a little bit of YouTube, a little bit of Instagram, a little bit of podcasting, and a little bit of Twitch. Uh, I still lift a little bit, although I'm not as competitive in powerlifting anymore. Uh, and I'm just kind of your, your average dude trying to uh, work for himself and, and figure out this world. Well, you're doing an awesome job of it at the moment. So can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? You know, um, if you've got brothers and sisters, uh, how you, you know, because you got into basketball when you're quite young. So, you know, what was the inspiration that drew you into basketball? Was it the, like the team aspect of it or was it like a future dream to play in the NBA, that sort of thing? Yeah, pretty uh, normal childhood, you know. I, I was actually just thinking about it uh, this weekend. It, it was my mom's birthday, so I was hanging out with her all weekend. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a super lucky guy. I'm, I'm a super lucky guy. And I know everyone says that, but, man, I, you know, I've been blessed uh, or whatever word you want to use. Uh, I had a great childhood. Both my parents were amazing. Um, they took care of me. And, and I don't know anything about parenting, but I think they did everything correct. Not meaning that I ended up great, but I think they did the best with what they could have. Um, and so uh, I have one older sister. Uh, yeah, like you said, I played basketball 15 years of my life, basically from a- as far back as I can remember. I had a basketball in my hand, and then I played a little bit in college uh, before before hanging up my sneakers. Uh, I don't know what drew me to it. You know, my dad loved baseball. Uh, he played a little bit of college football and rugby. Um he, he did coach a little bit. He, he coached a little bit of basketball when I was a kid. I think I was probably in maybe second or third grade, and my dad coached like a seventh and eighth grade basketball team, and so I'd go to practices with him. Um, but I don't know what first drew me to him. Uh, you know, I just I, I loved it. I watched all of it. Uh, Michael Jordan was obviously the man uh, in the time I started, at least I can remember watching, and I just love the athleticism of it. I guess I love the teamwork portion of it. Uh, I love the creativity within the sport, and although you can be creative in other sports, you know, soccer and, or football and some other things, um, I don't know. I, I just fell in love, and to this day, I love it. I, I watch as much as I can. So do you think there you would have gone down like into the aspect of playing basketball if your you know if your dad hadn't been coaching was that a, quite a draw as well or you know did you just enjoy team sports at that point 
Yeah, I always love sports. You know, I played a little bit of soccer growing up just because, you know, in America, that's kind of the normal thing. The first, I don't know why it is, even though it's not that popular of a sport, but it's pretty normal to throw your kid in <laughs> soccer as their first sport. So, uh, yeah, it makes no sense now you think about it. But I played a little bit of soccer, probably third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Um, but for some reason, and I like soccer. I even like it more now than I did then. Uh, but I just loved basketball. And so, uh, my dad never really pushed me to it. I asked him to go to practices with him as he was coaching and, and, you know, at my skill level as like a second or third grader, I could keep up with some eighth graders, uh, uh, enough, you know? So I ended up just like practicing with them the whole time and, and being around in my whole life. And then, uh, from there it was pretty self-driven, you know, I, I, I don't know what it was. I watched a lot of old tapes. I watched a lot of Lakers and Celtics in the eighties. Uh, go in the backyard or practice my moves and just play all the time. And then, you know, as you get more into high school, it got real competitive. And uh, you mentioned before, my, my dream was uh, uh, to play professional basketball. I, I had no other no other idea in my mind, uh, even till now. You know, people say like, well, what, what, what were you going to study or what would you go to school for? Or, you know, freshman in high school, maybe they want to be a fireman or a doctor. Nothing once crossed my mind other than I was going to play professional basketball. No, I like it. You see a dream and you go for it, you motivate yourself and you just work your ass off to it. And, you know, everything I've seen you do on your videos or when I've seen you with Super Training TV, you keep doing that. You know, you pick a goal, you just get in there, you grind the workout, you achieve it, you move on to the next thing. Like you're, you know, when you're trying um, sumo up, was it 600 pounds? Yeah, when you, and you just dreamed it, and it was just that kind of, yep, that's done, next challenge. Yeah. You, know, you just had that look on your face, and it was just, it was an awesome look. Yeah. So, I mean, when you moved to lifting, I think it was because you wanted to build up your strength and, you know, that kind of, you just, you fell in love with the lifting aspect of it. How did you find that transition from, like, the team sport to lifting with, you know, by yourself, where you're the, you against the barbell, so to speak? Yeah, I think, you know, mentally, it's so different to me. Um, I, I ended up playing a year or two of junior college basketball. And then uh, I was going to go uh, continue to play. And that's, uh, I moved back home, I, I came t- uh, back to school uh, to do junior college here before I was I was planning to transfer to a division one school and go play. And that's when I really got into weights, I, I lifted uh, in seventh and eighth grade the whole time uh, to be better at basketball. But um at this point, I was probably 19 or 20 years old. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have any money. So I started doing all the research myself to kind of train myself before I was going to go on and play at a higher level. Um, and then ended up not. I just hated school so much, uh, dropped out, whatever whatever it might be. I played a little bit of semi-pro basketball and then uh, decided just to call it quits with the school deal. But uh, in my head, it's just a, a fine definition from day one. I never – I don't know how to say it without sounding like – weird but like i never took on because powerlifting is a sport it's very difficult but to me i never approached it the same way i never approached it as a competitive powerlifter where basketball i was so insanely competitive i wanted to win i wanted to be the best i wanted every single person watching me in the stands to leave that game knowing that i was the best player they'd ever seen in their life like that was my goal and that's the only goal i ever had in powerlifting or lifting weights um, I just did it cause I, I enjoyed it. I did it because I liked the feeling of, of building muscle. I liked the idea of kind of grinding out. I liked the idea of being healthy. I liked the idea of coaching and helping other people. I never once got into lifting to this day it, it, for the last, whatever, 10 years I've been kind of doing this. Um, I've never once gone into it trying to prove myself or be the best, uh, or, or, or be a competitive power lifter necessarily. I've always just used it as, 
Um, maybe more just a, a you know a, a habitual therapy, a, a life thing. It's just more of a routine for me per se. No, I like that. I mean, would you say that you use the basketball approach now when you're creating your content? You know, do you look at it as you want to be the most entertaining? You want people to kind of come away and go, that guy's awesome. You know, is is that how you look at it as when you're creating content? Or is the content more uh, like an internal, like calmness for you, like weightlifting? You know, how would you describe it in that kind of sense? Or is that a bit too, just reading into it too much? No, I like it. I like it. I like it. I've never been asked that. I think it's a good question. Uh, I think I probably approach my content a little bit more like basketball. I'm a little competitive with it. Um, I, I, I think that I have gifts um, that a lot of people don't have, uh, and I'm constantly trying to prove that. And I guess that's what I'm trying to do in basketball and a little bit in content. You know, I think I think I have an entertainment value mixed with a knowledge value mixed with, you know, kind of a gift of gab that, that some people just don't have. And that's why I love podcasts. Um, I think podcasting and Twitch uh, live streaming are my two favorite platforms because you can't hide behind anything. You can't hide behind a, a photoshopped filter. You can't hide behind a pretty face and some abs. You can't hide behind YouTube edits uh, to build your personality. Like you either have it or you don't and people are going to want to hang out and watch you or they're not. Uh, I love that. You know, that's just why I love uh, doing podcasts because there's a world of difference between sending somebody a question and editing it and making it perfect and you know you can redo it but when in a podcast when you're recording especially with somebody if you have admired like yourself you know you get to this point where you're like this maybe you're one try to speak to somebody and find out them and inspire other people so you can't hide behind things um but it's a world of difference when you're getting on the platform so i love asking this question so when you were growing up, was I used to look at like you know TV characters, movie characters that inspired me and wrote about what made them such great characters for men to you know inspire him. If you had to pick somebody, was it a TV show, a film character that motivated you that wanted to become a better man? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, I, I you know it's a little cliche, but I had the best parents ever. Uh, you know, they taught me taught me a lot of lessons, a lot of morals, and not that I didn't mess up or I still don't mess up to this day. But um, I think my dad was just kind of a silent worker. Uh, he he always did overtime, and and sometimes you know the overtime, yeah, made more money and this and that. But I think he would just do more overtime because he had an urge to work and improve, and then he also had an urge to work and improve and make enough money uh, to provide his family with what you know what 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 we needed or what we wanted so uh, some of my driving inspirations definitely from that and my dad would never complain you know he was the first one up on the weekend still mowing the lawn and that stuff and and, and that kind of work ethic I don't think is seen much or even present that much nowadays um, people talk about you know the rock or all these other kind of artificial characters being the hardest worker in the room and, and not that Dwayne Johnson probably doesn't work hard but I, I don't think it, you're working that hard or that you know altruistic when you're when you're throwing it on Instagram all day long if I have to tell you how hard I work I'm probably not working that hard if I have the time to build a whole video telling you about all my businesses and how hard I work you're probably not working that hard uh, and my dad was the guy just to put his nose down and work uh, if I had to choose like a popular you know character or something uh someone i've always looked up to for for pretty obvious reasons but a multitude of reasons is uh muhammad ali uh, i'm not a big fan of boxing necessarily although uh my great uncle was a professional boxer i've never really paid attention to the sport but it was more muhammad ali's gift of gab his charisma his sense of uh self-awareness yet cockiness yet 
pure confidence, you know, kind of confidence to me is knowing who you are and who you're not, um, as well as kind of all, all, all of the political acts and having the, the cojones to stand up against the, the U.S. government, which uh, <laughs> takes a lot of balls to do. So, Oh, yes. Especially in that, yeah, especially yeah. in that time, and being a black guy, you know, when it was very yeah. So, I mean, do you think that's what the definition of a good man is? Is somebody like your dad who just gets up, does the work, f- supports his family, is willing to grind out and you know do the do the work? Because it, I see a lot of guys going wrong nowadays. You know, they they want to talk, they want to throw stuff on social media for the likes. Is that where guys are going wrong? Do you think? You know, I don't know, you know, because because everything is so different in, in, in this era. And um, I definitely think that there's something to be said about uh, having at least one, you know, good reason to do what you do. Um, you know, there, of course, there's going to be jobs and careers out there that maybe don't have the most, um, you know, charitable or, or, or giving type uh, reasons around it, right? Like there's whatever the, the adult film industry, you know, what are the morals there or whatever. But I do think that every man should try to have at least one goal in their career, job or personal life that betters, uh, for other people. You know what I mean? Um, and my dad just, just, uh, I can't even begin to explain it all in one podcast, but, uh, you know, he ran it, he ran a basketball league, um, for a school that had no funding, uh, and was too small of a school to play other schools or they just get whomped on. And he basically built an entire league and ran it for 10 years for free. Uh, he refereed every game. He opened the gym. He closed the game uh, every winter for 10 years and didn't make a dime off it. He created jobs for other kids that couldn't get real jobs or whatever. So they would run the scoreboard or do stats or whatever. And he'd, he'd find a way to pay them. Um, and all those little things that are you know, not to say he didn't have fun doing it. He loved building communities and he loved the sport of basketball. But um, I think you should always try strive to have at least one aspect of your life where you're doing things for others, or at least have an ultimate goal. So would you say that's the you know is that the thing that makes you get up in the morning and try you know keep doing what you're doing? What drives you as a man per se? Would would it be the becoming somebody like your dad, somebody that gives back to the community, somebody that makes life better for other people? Yeah, for sure. In, in every sense of the word, my dad, my dad passed away uh, about five years ago, and and ever since, you know, the two things that have that have kind of kicked me and make me get get going are, are one, I got to find a way to take care of my mom and those people that I care about in my life, the people that have truly been next to me and supported me my whole life. I want to give back to them as much as I can, whether that's financially or or support, whatever it might be. You know, friends call me. I, I try to be there as much as I can because I think at the end of the day, that's all we really have is our interconnection with with people that we care for. Uh, and then two is, you know, it's hard. It's hard uh, to explain because every, everyone's on the internet talking about their problems, this and that nowadays. But I've gone through some dark times in my life. I still struggle here and there where days um, just literally there's a cloud around my head and I can't get out of bed. And other people, I know there's a lot of other people that deal with those, whether you want to call it depression or anxiety, whatever word you want to fucking throw on it. People have very dark times. And if I if I can create some kind of content, some kind of reason to at least make you smile, make you laugh a little bit um, through one of my social media platforms, then uh, then I, I hope I hope I can bring a smile to someone's face. So those are the kind of kind of two things that, that keep me going in in a world that uh, and, and a career that's that's uh, uh, perhaps not going to be around a long time or has no no security in it.
Well, I mean, from what I've seen of you, you know, your parents have done a fantastic job. You know, you're one of those guys that just seems to be universally liked. Um, when I was researching you, for example, I couldn't really find a bad word about you. You know, you always get the little, like, knob-ends and the trolls who comment on forum videos, but, you know, they don't mean nothing. If I worried about every you know, negative comment I had, you wouldn't, get, you wouldn't do anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there any sort of, like, favourite sayings, of it, like your dad, or, like, wise words that you remember? You know, I'm just, I can think of some of the, the more graph things my dad said to me, but, you know, is there anything that kind of stands out in your mind when you were growing up that, you know, like, that kept, keeps you motivating or you, you, you think about now? You know, I love I love a lot of quotes and quotations, and I'll, I'll go on the internet sometimes, and, and sometimes just to share them, but sometimes just read different quotations by different people over the time. Um, you know, there's little things that my dad would joke about, and, and at the time, you're a kid, and my dad, um, he knew when to discipline us and whatnot, but he, he would, I think some of his lessons, whether he knew he was doing it or not, almost were like jokes, you know, and so like, he, he would get like fake upset with us any time we said, I can't. Um, and little things like that when you're six are just like, Oh, my dad's silly. And he, he, you know, I said, you know, like it could be anything. Uh, it could be something as serious as, Oh, I can't figure out this math problem. And he would yell at us for using that word in his household or something as, Oh, I can't reach the bowl on the top shelf, whatever it might be. And he would joke and kind of yell at us through things like that too. And, and little things like that, I think stick with me, you know, uh, because it is so, it's so cliche and it's beaten to the ground nowadays. But, you know, at least where I live, you know, America, it has, it's, it's, it's good and it's bad, of course, but literally you can do whatever you want. You know, if it's business, you just got to be a little creative with it, be a little resourceful with it, network with it, find a way and you can build any company you want. You can build any career you want. You can truly build any life you want. Um, And again, it it sounds so cliche because everyone's talking about these things. But, you know, my mom moved here from from another country when she was in her teenage years uh, and she found success here being a teacher for 20 years. She sacrificed a lot. I know leaving her entire family uh, in South America to come up here and build a family for us. And, and, and I'm lucky to have that. And so like things like that sit on me a little bit, you know, it's not like I'm waking up every day and I'm fucking punching a punching bag, talking to myself, telling, you know, it's not, it's not a movie out here, but things like that pop up in my head, you know, once a month or every other couple of weeks that keep me going like, man, Mike, like you can't, you can't stop. Right. Like, like I've been given these gifts and other people have sacrificed for you. So now, now it's your time to try to put in the work and try to get these done for, for those people as well. No, I, I love seeing that, like, you know, the inspiration, you can feel the passion and love and intensity you, you have for your family and your, you know, your dad and your mom. And so, I mean, can you think back then, what would you attribute, you know, your success in this whole industry? I mean, when you were working with Mark Bell, you know, in your super training, you were very successful. They had a massive brand and a following. What, what, what was it that made you think, no, I need to go out and start my own ventures? I need to, you know, was it, the, was it a message that you weren't able to get out or, you know, was there anything that you could attribute it to or? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think the, the, the driving reason for me, you know, first, first, I guess the, 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 the voice I got and everything um, was, was because of Jim McDonald, Jim McD and Mark, you know, Jim McD came to us. Mark's YouTube was probably at 20, 30,000 followers mark didn't have an instagram i I had an instagram and had like 200 people we we had nothing and jim said hey we should probably start a podcast uh to mark and he said i think we need one other person and they ended up choosing me so 
again, whether you call it luck or ready for opportunity or whatever it might be, uh, I was in a position, they asked me to be on the podcast. I was 23 years old. I said, yeah, I'm down. I didn't know what a podcast was and we just grinded away at it. Um, the reason for like leaving or going on my own, I, I guess at the end of the day, you know, what people don't see, you know, always see because again, you see highlights on the internet is, is I was just an employee there. Um, and I've always, I've always had this inner voice and inner confidence that I'm, I'm made to do great things. I'm made to go out there and build a path that no one's ever built. And so for me, uh, the end goal is always to be self-employed, to run companies, to do what I want. And as an employee, you can't always do that. Um, it just happens to be that my life, majority of my life is on the internet now. And if I would have worked at Best Buy and left Best Buy after six hard years of work, no one would have batted an eye. But since I'm on the internet and I left a job after six hard years of work, you, you know, everyone has something to say about it. So how how have you coped with that transition? You know, how have you gone from being probably like a, a co- I don't want to say it like this, but a cog in a established mechanism to building your own engine? If you yeah, know yeah. what I mean, like how how have you found that transition from being part of that group to make you know to just going on your own? What like what kind of is the have you, have you encountered certain fears or problems? You know, have, is there like successes that you found that worked for you? You know. How has it um, developed you as a man to do this? Yeah, I think there's always fear, you know, and and and, and I, you know, I think people always talk about you know fear. Don't don't be driven by fear of failure, and you can't be failed to, to you can't be fear fearing a, a a chance to not succeed and failure. And all. I I think my biggest fear is failure, and I think that's what drives me, you know. And I I don't care what these motivational gurus tell me what my fear should be or not be, and that you need to fail to succeed, and all this BS going on the internet. Like that's just not real. You know, the truth is, the truth is I'm I'm scared shitless to fail. And that's what wakes me up every day to work a little bit harder and be a little bit better than everybody else doing what I'm doing. Um, and so that 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 was just another way for me to work for myself, to put myself on the line and say, like, all right, it's go time, time to not fail. Like I, I read I read plenty of comments on the internet. Like you said, there's trolls everywhere. Um, and whether they're trolls or, 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 or smart people or whatever they are. Telling me I have no chance and telling me uh, you know I'm gonna fail and all. man bring it on I absolutely love that because because at the end of the day when I'm succeeding and I'm living the life I want to live and I'm 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 creating a community and content that I love um, you know you're you're gonna be still on Reddit typing away and I'm gonna be out here living the fucking dream so uh, I definitely it's definitely a little bit of fear almost every day uh, whether my companies are doing good or my content's doing good or or what's next or you know if the internet explodes I got no job it's a little bit of all that and I love it. Um, sorry, I think I, I just rambled on, but you had another question. <laughs> no, no, I love that. Cause you can feel that passion, you know, that, that drive, that kind of like, Oh, you think I'm going to fail? All right, fuck you. Watch this. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's what annoys me is like, you, you know, you go into like uh, Instagram, how many of these fitness influencers or whatever the hell they're called nowadays and they've all got that like flat belly tea they've all got the same products all like they all give you that bs pictures about oh i have my dark days too and you know and you know fine well that they've never been off their diet they work out five times a week you know it's like they're not real and and you kind of look at them and go no wonder people like what is it they say 
depressed. Like, something about I remember reading a petition link to like social media because people were judging their entire life against somebody's selective highlights on their social media. Yeah, button. yeah, yeah. And it was ruining me because they couldn't. They were obviously trying to compare themselves to an actual dream that somebody can picture 15, 16 times. You know. So how do you stay relevant? You know, in an industry where it's just full of these people creating content again and again you know do you ever get to a point where you're just sick talking about rip schemes and periodization and you know progression and stuff like that you know, do you right how do you how do you just keep going because like i said before you seem to be universally loved and you know your content is driven and everybody you know shouting in the street and comes over gets the phones and stuff like that how, how do you stay so popular you know, is it just you being you or you know what do you think here is different between you and the the wannabes yeah yeah i think there uh this ties into the last question you said like struggles or changes kind of going from an employee or building my own brand and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes in my mind because um when i started build, making content uh there wasn't you know fitness youtube wasn't really a thing there's probably like three or four guys uh talking about lifting on the on youtube so you know when me and mark and other people started teach squat bench deadlift and talk about periodization and talk about nutrition on the internet we were one of a few but now then then people saw it get popular and everyone from instagram tried to be a youtuber and tried to be a coach and now there's a you know a hundred thousand youtubes of people good and bad coaches trying to teach you how to squat and deadlift that time's gone so you know the number one thing for me i guess to try to stay um you know on top of things is one uh, you got to change your content and not be afraid to change the type of content i've never once changed who i am but i have changed what i talk about or what i do and even right now i'm going through a relaunch on my youtube channel um i just think it's too it's too oversaturated with people either one like you said living like a phony life or two people that are aren't aren't uh, certified or, or, or don't have the experience trying to teach you how to squat. So I, I, I'm pretty much done talking periodization on uh, YouTube. YouTube, I'm going I'm to share my life. I'm going to share my thoughts. I'm going to vlog a little bit. Um, you know, one or two videos a week. If you, you know, if people want to kick it, they can kick it. We can kind of show them what I do on the daily. Um, me and Jim McDee's new podcast coming out is a little bit more instructional. What we're going to try to do is we're going to. It's called Fifty Percent Facts, and that's where. Uh, we're basically trying to get the experts of experts. Whoever you think is an expert, we're going to get the guy they learned from. And we're going to get him on an episode and try to have them answer one specific question having to do with maybe fitness, maybe nutrition, maybe business, maybe real estate. Who knows where we go with it? Um, but we'll try to get one clear-cut answer answered by them because um, there's a lot of, lot of false coaches out there just trying to make a buck. Like you said, there's a lot of false people out there just trying to you know get internet famous just for the sake of getting internet famous. Um, so I think you know my advice to people is always be you, but don't be scared to change what setting or environment you are being yourself in you know what kind of content you make can change don't change who you are as a human um two i think you got to be ready for new platforms you know i think um youtube you know not that it's run its days it's still very popular but it's it's very commercial now there's you know there's kevin hart's on there the rocks on there all these people are on there it's a different game than it was five years ago um so don't be afraid to go elsewhere and then you know i guess to answer the last bit how do i stay in it is uh i don't know yeah maybe maybe people like me uh and i don't know i all i can be is me i can try to be fun and funny because i think that's what i the gift that i bring to the world um i think i, I think i have a real 
you know, Connor, the kid that does, he lives with me, he does all my YouTube videos. Uh, I don't know if it's a real thing or not because he, he graduated college. He's way smarter than me. But he keeps telling me I have HSP. And I don't know if that's real uh, or if he's just making fun of me. And he says I'm a highly sensitive person. Uh, and it's true. Uh, but I think, I think I have real empathy for people. I think I, try, I really try to understand people. I try to understand circumstances. Uh, if I hear a sad story or, or, or I hear someone's situation, I truly try to put myself in their shoes and try to, although you can't always, try to understand where they're coming from. Um, and so I guess relatability, in a sense, uh, allows me to, to, to do what I do on these different platforms. No, I mean, there's certainly something I, I noticed when, when you first left Super Training. There was that evolution of, you know, the content that you're putting out. You know, the different platforms. There was a podcast, and then there was your YouTube channel. Then there was Twitch. You know, it was just that kind of thing. You were just trying to put out everything. You could see nothing changed with you as a person. And that's why I think you're so popular is you're the same guy that if I met you now on this interview and the same guy if we went for a beer later on. You know, there's no there's there's no fakeness there. You're still the same Mike, yeah, yeah. or sorry, Michael. Um that you know, I mean it's like whereas I don't always get that. And I think that's why some people are so successful and like at the start I thought you were just like into yeah, another coach guy, but as I got you know, found out more about you and watched some of the videos and they got a bit more of your personality out in the initial videos, you suddenly started seeing there was a lot more to you than just another meathead. As some you know, some people would call them like and it's the same with Mark and it's like you're both so deep and that's why I think your YouTube videos are so successful because it allowed the world to see the true you rather than what just goes on in the platform, you know? Like the like your friendships, your bonding, your teamwork, you know, and like when Mark and you would go off on vacation with the families and stuff like that, you know, it was awesome to see that side of you guys coming out as well. And that's why I think you've become so popular. Appreciate it. So can you tell me a little bit about like, you know, what's the, the main ambition for you at the moment? Like, is it to have your business? Is it to, like, are you still looking to compete at all or are you wanting to just branch this out and find something else to allow you to evolve? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. You know, um, I've I've dealt with some back issues for a while that have they've kind of hold me back from doing a full powerlifting meet. Um, I still lift every day, and I go arguably just as hard, or if not harder, than I always have. Just the workouts are different. They're a little higher paced, a little bit less barbell, a little bit more dumbbell or machines. Hit it for forty five minutes, hit cardio for fifteen to half an hour, uh, and then I'm done. Uh, but I'm doing that five six times a week, feeling good. Um, I did a deadlift only competition last June. Uh, you know, I had some back tweaks within there and it just didn't go as I wanted. And so, like I said, in the beginning, kind of how I've approached powerlifting is just different in my head. I don't have to compete like, and I've talked about this on Instagram and people take it kind of offensive. Uh, I don't know why, because people are so stuck on, on their identity, but you're not always who you're not always what you do. You know, I, yes, I'm a powerlifter, but that's not like my identity. I don't, I don't. I don't go to bed every night saying, thank the Lord for the barbell. Without the barbell, I am lost. Like the barbell is a piece of metal. It's a great tool for a lot of people. I think powerlifting is a great uh, vehicle for a lot of people to find themselves and to find work ethic and to find discipline and to find a lot about themselves. A lot of self-awareness can be found in the gym and through the grind. But I don't think it, it, it hasn't made me. It'll never define me. Um, 
I will compete again eventually as soon as I can figure out what the hell is going on with my back. But uh, yeah, I just have different goals. You know, uh, I have Kaizen as a company. I have two podcasts. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm trying to get into some real estate. Uh, I have another surprise company that I can't talk about, but it'll be launching in 2019. So I think that's my first announcement on the internet. You got the exclusive. We got a new company coming to 2019 that I'm really excited about allow uh you know it, it's still in my world it's in it's in it's in my bag but it's uh, uh allows me to be a little bit more creative on the creative side I went to art school for 12 years there's a lot of things that I I know and I want to I want to use um, as well as just you know hopefully sharing a good product with the, the world so um, I do have I do have a bunch of goals lifting is always going to be part of it coaching is always going to be part of what I do it's built into my uh, my genetics in one way or another um, twitch is another big goal of mine like we said earlier being live or being basically live in a podcast uh, it's such a different platform and it's so fun to interact with people on twitch to be able to hang out with a group of people every night play video games talk shit it's been a ton of fun wow, i love that i mean that's it's i love the way that you you know you're finding and you're trying things and you're evolving and you're giving it a try you know because you see some of these people who just grind their brand or i don't like saying brand their personality into the ground because they they, they never try and take new chances and stuff like that you know and i think that's why you're you're just giving everything a good go i mean did you enjoy the the podcasting with mark and that is that what got you into omar into starting your own show because I, I think i read somewhere that you said it was because it wasn't you talk about things that you're not allowed you don't really get a chance to talk about in your other brands yeah yeah i, I love podcasting i think uh, obviously i got a great taste of it there you know we had a run for i don't know three four years of a podcast that that was pretty dang successful over there and and you do you you have real conversations with real people and, and they're not on their phone even now you go to dinner with a group of friends uh, and someone's on their phone or someone's dicking around or you're just talking about sports um, where a podcast is an excuse to have sometimes shallow conversations but sometimes really deep meaningful conversations with a variety of people that you would never have a chance to meet or never have a chance to contact you know in 1980 if you reached out to whoever you know a celebrity or a, a business owner or whatever and you asked them, hey, will you come grab coffee with me? I just want to have a conversation with you. They probably think you're a psycho. But in 2018, I could potentially reach out to Elon Musk and say, hey, I'm going to interview you for my podcast that's whatever, top 50 on iTunes. Do you have a half an hour to spare to chat with me? And there's a chance it might happen. I mean, Elon Musk is obviously very busy in a reach, but you know what I mean. There's at least a potential to have yeah. it. Yeah, because I mean the world's such a small place, now, you know, and it's it's like you said, you could jump on a computer, fire up Twitch, and you know you're connected to somebody in India, Pakistan, or South America, or you know, like you'd be sitting in somebody's back, uh, just watching them play a computer game and chatting back and forth, and it's, it's the world of celebrities is so much closer now with social media and all these kind of platforms. It is amazing. It's also scary for stalkers and stuff like that, but you know, I. Yeah, yeah. Twitch, Twitch is the scariest. There's some crazy stuff happening on Twitch. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of like stream sniping or swatting. Oh, is this when they get they send the like the police squad to burst in the door or not? Yeah, they'll basically say like, so say you're live right now, and and they'll they'll somehow find your address and be like, hey, you know, this guy's at this address, and, and he he has a bomb on him. He's gonna blow up his neighborhood, and all you're doing is playing a little Call of Duty on on your Twitch stream. But the cops have to take that threat serious, and they'll run in, break down your door, uh, and, and even other things where like, yeah, people find their addresses. 
Uh, another streamer, a big time streamer, a couple weeks ago got his house shot up just because he's a streamer. Like, just the craziest things going on. Man, yeah, that's what they say. It's like you, you can't take the crazy out of things. You know, it's there's always going to be that one that just goes a wee bit too far. You know? Just yeah, so, yeah, serious trolling. Uh, <laughs> there's trolling, and then there's yeah, possible like police convictions there. Like, so how did you fight? How did how did you find that change from like you know visual content into audio? You know, did it let that side of you out? The side that maybe needed a voice and you needed just to let it flow, you know, and to just move away from the fitness side stuff for now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure, you know, the new podcast with Omar is pretty um, non-fitnessy and we just kind of talk about anything and everything kind of trending topics or, or whatever our guest uh, that we have on, uh, you know, is, is about. And so that's, that's, that's cool. It's cool. It's It's cool. I think for the long term, you know, if you want to talk like businessy stuff, I think it's cool long term for my, you know, quote unquote brand for me to be able to display knowledge or 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 skill and conversation and other topics um and then too like i said before you know there's just so much content on the internet podcasts youtube whatever if you want to learn how to squat properly there's probably a hundred really good videos really good videos you know from guys like me and mark and omar and alan thrall and there's really good videos if you want to learn how to squat and i just don't want to make another how to squat video you know I've, i've probably done a hundred of them myself. Um, so I'm over it. I, I'm not over teaching. I always want to teach. And that's kind of, you know, again, why I started this other podcast with, with Jim McD is so we can get more in-depth questions and more like definite questions. So hopefully I can learn a little bit and hopefully teach the audience. I, I'm still always about trying to learn, but there's, there's a certain baseline of knowledge. That's just, it, it's, it's there, you know, and, and we don't need to beat, we don't need to beat a dead horse. Right, Cause that's the thing is there's, there are key concepts that people know need to know that but you know it's like squatting deadlift and bench there's still key concepts that are always going to make you better you know it depends how you word it and all that but it's like you're saying with this new podcast which sounds awesome you're actually going to delve into like the deeper aspects the you know the actual things that can make it a, a really good person a performer become an awesome performer because they're tying up maybe something that's holding them back yeah so you mentioned earlier about you and Jim, you know, you're going to look at who you think like people look at as the top gurus and then look at who taught them. Who would you consider yeah. like a dream guest? Who's on your list of wow people to interview? Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's multiple ways I come out and I'm going to ramble a little bit, but there's multiple ways I come out with all my um, content that I do, whether it's, YouTube podcast, whatever, is I either have kind of a question or a topic, and then I, I obviously write out an outline on how I'm going to explain it, or the opposite, where I have like, oh, I'm going to be hanging out with so-and-so, and then I reverse engineer the way uh, the question or the content I'm going to make for that individual circumstance or person that I'm going to be hanging out with. Um, I don't know who the top would be, you know, because, um, you know, in the fit, probably some kind of business guy that I don't even know. You know, some kind of stock market guy would probably, you know, whoever the whoever the best, like, uh, you know, the TV show, uh, what is it, Shark Tank? Probably some kind of, yeah, like some kind of entrepreneurial business guy. Uh, and then I would think of some question where he could teach me something because, like, stock market, I have no clue about the stock market. Like, I have a, I have a basic sense on business, and I've obviously helped uh, consult and run a couple, you know, marketing for some companies as well as my own. I got a grasp over here, but some kind of traditional business guy and, and like 
figure out some kind of keys to st- three keys to the stock market and ask some guru that'd probably be uh maybe not a dream guest but somebody i'd like to talk to somebody like grant cardone maybe you know the guy that invented um f-u-b-u is it damon john i think yeah. those are yeah, the kind stuff of guys because like yeah yeah because that's the thing isn't it? it's like if you go to somebody and say oh i want to interview you for half an hour an hour they go oh for god's sake you know i've got the time for that but if you said i want one i've got one question why are you being so successful compared to others or whatever they're more likely to return yeah, yeah, with yeah. that you know if, if it's like you're not trying to suck their energy if you're if you're just asking for something helpful a lot of these big name people could come back and go oh cool yeah i've got 10 minutes uh, let's discuss it or you know there's it's a lot easier ways of doing it and i think sometimes people like average joe shall we say um, like like myself, we forget that you know p- these guys have busy yeah, yeah. lives. They're successful because they're so busy, because they're just keep pushing themselves, and um, because we're we can get so closer to them now in social media, we forget that they don't owe anything. You know, what I mean, they, they might be different to their brand or whatever. And I think sometimes we forget that. So I mean, right for right. the people you've interviewed, some amazing people. You know, is there anybody that's really surprised you by their the quality of their content or their how they've answered things or you know, have they answered in a way that's kind of blown your mind? You know, is there something that you know? Has there been a guest that's really surprised you, either in your your Mama's Boy podcast or with Mark or anything like that? I don't know. You know, because like you said, I've, I've interviewed so many people in the strength game, the fitness space, things of that nature. Um, you know, interviewing some of the kind of the OGs of the fitness space that I, I just kind of knew about them but didn't know much, like like Bill Phillips or even Charles Poliquin. Um, talking to some of those guys was really cool. Not that they, you know, blew my expectations because I, I read a lot of their articles and, and I knew a good history about them. But to know, you know, how successful they were in business, how successful they were in the fitness space and how they took – kind of the niche of powerlifting, although, you know, they're not necessarily powerlifters, but they took the niche of lifting heavy and scaled it up in business to such an extreme level um, is really cool, you know, because powerlifting's tiny, you know, the niche of powerlifting business, even to this day when it's the most popular it's ever been, it's still so small. And they basically took that world and brought it to the NFL and brought it to, you know, mainstream TV and brought it to, 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 to big websites and publications. So talking to those guys was really cool. Um, you know, we had a big interview with, uh, Janae Kroc, who was formerly Matt Krokolinski, who was the first powerlifter I knew by name, um, pro powerlifter, pro strongman, um, bodybuilder, uh, who is transgender. Uh, and we, we were the first interview to talk to her, about her process um, of, of kind of coming out to the world. Uh, and so that was really, really interesting. And that was kind of – that was probably the first interview and maybe maybe even the last interview that uh, – I'm always a little nervous to make content, but I was nervous on like a professional level that I felt like I was going in that thing. Like I have, again, like some kind of real purpose in this interview and this – in this I, feel, I felt like a professional, I guess. We're podcasting – it's cool because it's not professional. It's it's for the people made by the people. That's why podcasts and YouTube and these things are cool C- compared to like radio or, or news station or something like that. And that was the first one. I just did it. I just did. I, I wanted to do the interview justice. And so I, I came in 
you know, a little extra nervous. And that, that, that turned out really well. And, and I haven't seen it yet, but I, I heard uh, she came out with her documentary. I think it's called uh, Transformer. I might be wrong. Uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, I think a clip of me from the, the podcast is in there. Uh, so I have to check that out because that, 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 that seems pretty cool. I mean, you definitely did a good job because I've listened to it. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I certainly couldn't detect the emotional, like, you know, kind of worrying about how you're going to, like, reacting to, you know, you, you couldn't tell you had that internal struggle, which meant that you, you did a fantastic job on it. You know, and I think you handled it very well. I mean, and it's good that you, you're opening up that side of things, you know, that, like, when, you know, for a while, some people are saying, oh, it's not just about, like, poo jokes and stuff like that with Mark and then of a then it kind of got back into yeah, yeah. it and you know a lot of times you um you and Mark and Jim were opening up and with people about stuff that no one knew about you know the, the behind the scenes stuff about what it takes to be successful about the pain the recuperation injuries the the failed lifts and how you know these guys just bounce well sorry guys and girls how they bounce back and they just keep going and you were introducing it to a worldwide audience and you know, you're making making people understand we're not meatheads, people who lift. There's a lot more to guys, you know, than just going to the gym. And it doesn't make you, being strong yeah. doesn't mean that you're boring or anything. It just, it can, it can make you a better person, you know, and it's changed people's lives. So something that I've always loved is that friendships that you have, you know, you've built up some seriously strong friendships with the like of, like, um, you know, Mark Bell, Omar, um, Bart, you know, you know, like there's so many like Alan Thrall, like what what is it do you think is about building strong friendships? You know, how have you become so, you know, how have you built up such a strong network of friends? What tips would you say to somebody about building a good group of male friends? Yes, yeah, hard. You know, I think, uh, again, I was lucky in a lot of senses. So my mom was a, 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 a teacher at this private school. Uh, and it's kind of like an art school. It's insanely small. I had 24 people in my graduating class. And I went there from kindergarten through senior year of high school. Um, and so some of my friends there are literally all, actually all my friends, like my, 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 my best friends have been my best friends since kindergarten or third grade. Uh, they're literally family to me. And so to, to have friendships like that, and to be in such small quarters, we had every single class together, every trip, every birthday, you know, there's only 20 of us. So you become very, very close with those people. I think you're, it's impossible to not be genuine. It's impossible to have that fake friendship that may happen in other schools or larger places. I, I don't know, but I imagine if you go to a school with 5,000 people, maybe you find a good friend or two, but there's a lot of plastic friendships going on. And I was just never exposed to that. All my relationships were real and genuine. And so that's kind of the only way I know how to have friends. And uh, as soon as I got to, you know, basically ask for a job at super training when it was just Mark and his wife running the company, you know, whatever, seven years ago. And then I took on some of the marketing, all I really knew how to do, I didn't, I didn't, I never went to school. You know, I don't know anything about marketing or business. All I knew what to do mm -hmm. is, well, some of these people do what I do. They seem cool. Maybe I can become friends with them and who knows what happens. And that's kind of how it went. So, you know, nowadays people call it whatever shout outs or follow for follow or fucking networking or whatever. But at the time, all I knew how to do was 
build relationships and build friendships. And, and lucky for me, a lot of people that do what I do, you know, the Alan Thralls, the Omars and Barts, they're just super genuine, cool people. So, you know, if I meet, meet, met up with them to do a YouTube video and, and we worked out or I was sending a product or we were talking business or whatever it might be, we ended up just getting along and we we're all kind of of the same mindset. Also with Bart, Omar, Alan, myself, uh, we're all also around the same generation. We're about the same age, which is a little bit of luck. And so we've just been through the same kind of stuff, you know, and so we all got along really well. Um, like you said, that the world becomes really small with social media and the internet. So getting a hold of people is easy. And then if you click, uh, you know, I just do my best to maintain those friendships, to, to maintain communication and, and genuinely care for people. You know, there's there's too many people out there uh, networking and literally just hitting you up when you need stuff. If You know, if I had a freaking nickel for every quote unquote friend I had, but that only texts me, emails me or calls me when they need something from me, you know, I would never work another day in my life. But, uh, you know, to build a real relationship, to try to truly care about somebody, to try truly try to get to know somebody. Um, yeah, it takes effort, but, uh, having real friendships and relations is what this life's about. Yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it is, Every time you see a video, it's that authentic attitude. You know, you can see that you guys generally care about each other. And I think that's, like you've said, is how much do we, you know, we, we have our phones in front of our faces. We we forget about other people till we need something. And, we, we, you yeah. know, we've become this generation of, like, almost emotional leeches that we sometimes forget that to put the phone aside and just be present with somebody, you know, we, we've all got those good friends that it doesn't matter the time, the distance, you can just switch in and that's it where, you know, you're really well connected. So, I mean, how have you found that transition there from being pals with somebody to building a business with like Oman and Bart? Cause you know, you built up Kaizen. Yeah. Uh, how, how is that transition from content creator to coach to businessman to being just normal, you know, dating and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, you know the friendship. The friendship part can be hard, uh, especially for me personally. You know, I, I I I I avoid conflict at all costs, and my definition of conflict is way more sensitive than other people's. Like I, I'm just not great at speaking out uh, for myself or if something's wrong. For some people, it's just like easy but for me it's very difficult it kind of weighs on me so for for me to be able to do it um it's taken a lot of a lot of growth to be able to speak up but uh you know working with friends i think you know everyone says never do business with friends this and that uh but i think it depends on the friends it depends on the business and it depends on on your relationship with those friends uh lucky for me me bart and omar uh we've been really straightforward with each other and we also just defined from day one you know when when we're kind of dicking around and being friends and when it's time to do work and and how we talk to each other in both is a little bit different um and when we're you know when we're skyping or, or on on a phone call it's it's official and we're getting after it doesn't mean it's super serious or, or vanilla but um, we just kind of have different modes rather than, uh, you know, when we're hanging out in LA, we're hanging out in LA. And I think some of that I learned from Bart, um, Bart does a really good job of scheduling his life. He's insanely busy. You know, he runs multiple companies. He creates who knows hundred hours of freaking content a week or something. He does an insane amount of content. Plus he has a family and he does a good job of kind of when he's on, he's on, when he's off, he's off. And I've learned a good amount about that. 
Uh, and I didn't notice it in myself until I think it was Omar or even uh, my buddy Connor who does my YouTube again. They, one of them mentioned it to me because before I do a podcast or before we're about to shoot a video, I, I guess uh, Omar pointed out, I think it was him. He's like, he's like, oh, Mike's getting ready. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you, you just stop talking. So like I, <laughs> I like prepare for different situations. And then when I'm done with it, I just kind of stop talking too. You know, you just, you get into a flow and, and a different mindset for when you're buddy, buddy, when you're doing business, when you're shooting content and that's uh you know just preparation for each i guess you know different mindset a different mode a different preparation for each but i think if if you find the right friends and you're you're genuinely friends um i think you'd be very successful doing business that way i mean well you're definitely killing it just now you know you're creating some awesome products and you ever like i've I looked up at reviews and looked at some sort of neutral sites and stuff like that and nobody seemed to have a bad word about it you know so you've definitely I don't know quite what the relationship is, but you become like an uncle figure to Bart's child. Has that pushed you into wanting kids of your own? You know, has that maybe made you think, look at life and think you want marriage and kids yourself? Or how is like, because like I'm an uncle myself and it makes me just want kids more, but I like being able to hand them back when they're being a bit of a nightmare. So, I mean, has this kind of, the interactions, has that kind of changed maybe what you wanted in your foreseeable future? I don't know, you know, I've, uh, I said it at like age 12, you know, or something like that. I said, ah, I don't think I'm gonna get married. I don't think I'm gonna have kids. And everybody told me, wait till you're older. I said it when I was 18 or so. Ah, I don't think I'm gonna get married. I don't think I'm gonna have kids. And they're like, oh, just wait till you get older. I'm 30 now. Um, and, and I don't see myself having kids or, or, or getting married necessarily. I don't know. You know, I'm, I think I'm a little stuck in my ways and, and sure, maybe if the perfect situation came around, who knows, right? Hypothetically, I'm not against it. I'm open to it, but it's not something that's stuck in my mind. Um, within the same year, uh, my, one of my best friends from, from kindergarten or third grade who, who has like a real job and doesn't do anything like I do. So <laughs> I don't talk about him as much, but he, uh, he had a, he had a son as well. Um, and so like it, it definitely pops in your head, you know, seeing seeing how happy they are as a family and and seeing the little, you know, he's two now. He just turned two. I went to his birthday party and he's running around the the, the, the park and like it, it's really cool to see. It's really cool to see him interact. It's cool to see him grow. And uh, Bart lives about six hours from me. And so I, I only go down there probably once a month. And so to see see his son Taika, like every four weeks, you can see that like that the, the change and the growth happen rather than, you know, if you see him every day, it's so slow. Sometimes you can't see it. But in blocks of four weeks, he's like a new dude every single time. And so that, it, it's super fun being able to hang out with him. And uh, I stay at Bart's house most of the time when I'm in L.A. And so uh, to, to, to spend some quality time with the kid and, and see Taika run around and, and play with the ball and stuff, it, it is a lot of fun. But uh, I'm kind of like you. I think I think uncle's the good role for me right now. Because <laughs> it's, it's amazing to see the like the education, how quickly they absorb information and they learn and they trial and they do things. And, you know, when you see their personality form and evolve in front of you, it's actually quite scary. Their generation is going to be st- terrifyingly good at computers and content and being in front of the cameras and you know, yeah it's they probably think parents have like a camera f- jacked onto their face all the time you know the amount of times they've been photographed from like zero to six years old it must be scary for them got f- so for somebody listening i mean i deliberately kept this away from like weightlifting and all that kind of stuff i mean i'd love to have you on again we can discuss all that kind of stuff but I knew there was so much more to you than that. And I wanted to get into know a bit more about you and introduce you to my audience. So, you know, if somebody's listening and thinking they want to 
leave a job, start their own company. You know, they don't need to create an internet business or whatever like that. But what advice would you give to somebody who's in that boat, you know, like you just before you left Mark's um, company and went on your own ventures? You know, what would you advice would you give to people who are considering that? You know, I think I think it's hard because I think everyone's got to kind of find their own way and find their own, you know, like I said, reason why and, and what really drives them. Um, you know, definitely have some kind of calculated plan. There's risk in everything we do, but I think there's dumb risk and there's more smart risk. Um, I had already had my own YouTube channel. I had only I already had already built up my name through podcasting. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do now. And I still, you know, I don't know what I'm doing a year from now. You know, this, this, this other company I told you about, uh, just started as a casual conversation with some friends and then now it's coming to fruition, you know, nine months later. So, um, things pop up, look for different opportunities, always be open, open to growth and change. It is okay to change. It's okay to move on. It's okay to make new friends. It's okay to have old friends. It's okay to find a new job. Don't don't feel guilty. Don't let other people make you feel guilty to change and move and flow through life. That is what is part of life and your own journey. You write your own story and no one else can can write down your own biography. So, um, you know, I, I think have some kind of a plan. Be open. Uh, having a fallback plan never hurts. You know, I know at the end of the day, I can always go to a gym and start training people. Um, hone in your craft. And uh, be as positive you can every single day uh, towards yourself and towards others. I love that. You know, it's. I think that's what people forget is it doesn't matter if everything goes tits up. You've always got. You can always come back. You can always use the skills you've got. There's always going to be office jobs. There's always going to be part time jobs. You know, there's always going to be anything to get them to do stuff. Um, and I think people just need to realize that there's calculated risks and there's stupid risks. But at the end of the day, do you want to be 80 and think, I wish I'd tried that? Or are you going to give it a shot? Yeah. So I mean, it's not everybody listening to this interview to take from it. Because I know we're coming up to our time limit, you know, and I've, I've loved every minute. But what do you want people listening to remember about this? You know, what do you want them to the, the take home message? Man. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people spilling it different things on the internet and uh you know you're obviously going to be uh, attracted to some person's philosophy type of type of thinking or the other but uh you know be as open-minded as you can and, and i know that's cliche to say as well but truly try to soak in different views from everything from your politics if you're so into one guy try listening to the counter guy and give it a true listen uh if you're so into one way of training listen to the other guy um it's okay to change your opinion it's okay to change your job it's okay to change who you are um it's all about growing um being a little bit more self-aware every single day, finding out what makes you tick, finding out ways that you and your gifts can help the rest of the world, I think is what's going to uh, hopefully get us all a little bit closer to happiness in a more united world. Uh, I, I'm thankful uh, to be on here, man. Thanks for giving me a voice. Thanks for the, the chat. It was a great interview. Uh, and I'm excited to come on again and talk some uh, sets and reps and how to get jacked. Um, just for anybody listening, well, hopefully there's a lot. You know, how can people keep in touch with you and see these projects? And, you know, I mean, I'll be, don't worry, I'll be promoting the hell out of it when it comes. But if somebody's listening, wants to get in touch, wants to find out more about Kaizen, if they want to find out more about your your podcast, stuff like that, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, so um, Mama's Boys Podcast, it's on uh, uh, Spotify, iTunes, all of that. 50% Facts, it's actually dropping in six days, so that should be live. 
check that out. Brian, I think a lot of you guys are going to really enjoy that. Uh, KaizenTraining.com, K-I-Z-E-N Training.com. If you guys want any of my programs, you can email us there if you have specific questions about training or anything like that. And then uh, I'm Silent Mike with two Ks on, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. And uh, I answer pretty much every DM, tweet, comment on Twitch that I can. So uh, hit me up and I'll, I'll try to get back to you as fast as I can. All right. Well, the floor is open to you. If there's anything that you want to promote, if there's anything coming up or you, you'd like to mention, now's the perfect chance. Yeah, I mean, that's about it. We plugged away. You know, uh, I'm twitching. Uh, Twitch is my main platform right now. I'm going uh, about five hours a day, five times a week on that platform. So twitch.tv slash silent mic with two Ks. Um, it's a lot of fun. We basically just get to hang out, shoot the shit. Uh, yeah, I play some video games on there. Sometimes it's just my fat face and, and we can just talk and, and, and ramble, but we have a good time. So excited to keep building that and uh, hopefully I'll see some of you guys there. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life. <laughs>